We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I'm Vince. That's Brian. And it is that time. It is that day. It is upon further review. And, you know, we had to make it a Sunday because that's just when we do upon further reviews. I mean, last and I had to do one more show of 2023, man. I had to have kind of my final 2023 show, man. I couldn't avoid it. I had to do it. And it's, it's the last time we're going to hear the theme music for 2023. And uh, I'm fired up because... Well, I'm fired up for multiple reasons. Um, number one, it's always fun to watch film back of a total butt whooping that occurred yes. in this game. And so that was obviously a good time. And we're also going to talk about Xavier Watts and him coming back to Notre Dame. Made that announcement, uh, was it yesterday? Last was night. The, yeah, was last, it last night. night? Okay. Mm-hmm. Days are all running together. It's Christmas break. Yeah. Uh, but he made that announcement with a cool video that Irish, uh, you know, media put together, Fighting Irish media put together, him and the We'd show it to that. you, but, you know, yeah, I don't want to get the show demonetized God. again, so we Seriously. won't we won't God. do that. But, so no, it, it, and they played off of the, the Sun Bowl mm-hmm. thing, yeah. you know, yeah. like the, yeah. the Western, and they played that one at Dead or Alive stuff, which I thought was really cool. My only, my only beef with the whole video is when they started showing his highlights at the end, missed opportunity, not, not going to, not playing X, going to give it to you. Yeah, no doubt, highlight. no doubt, like no that, doubt. That, that's that's the only one. Well, they even had the map that said X marks the spot. Like, yes, on, X man. don't give it like, to you. I mean, that's absolutely what yeah. the music should have been when, uh, you know, when uh, when they were playing his highlights. But we expected it to happen. We've been kind of hinting that we thought it was going to happen. But but it's still, nice to have and, confirmation. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, there was multiple times where I wanted, you know, people like, do you think he's going to come back? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's going to come yeah. back. But like, it's nice to actually have that out there and in the universe and then yeah. we can all just talk about so we are going to talk about what that means for notre dame after our upon further review um and so we'll see how that goes as well so stay tuned for that uh but of course we are going to break down the film or we've already broken down the film but you're going to let you guys in on kind of what we saw and and kind of where things were a lot of positives obviously that it's easy to have positives in a 40 to 8 victory in a bowl game, Notre Dame was dominant on both sides of the ball. A lot of fun to watch this one. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, But as we jump into it, of course, there's pluses, there's minuses, there's guys that did better than we thought, guys that didn't do as well as maybe we thought on first round watching, you know, that kind of thing. That's why we do this show. That's why this is my favorite show of the week, uh, because I get to put my coaching hat back on for a little while and uh, and break down the films. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's always going to be things that we're going to critique. That That's never not going to happen. I mean, you're always going always. to have some of those things. And that's part of the fun of it. And, and I'll just say overall, Vince, you know, the fact that there is a lot to clean up. I mean, because there were so many oh, younger sure. players. It just shows, like, how good this team is and and how well they play but that yeah there's a lot to yes get well and there was there was and this is both sides of the ball there were a lot of rookie mistakes in this game a lot of rookie mistakes and those kind of mistakes are expected now you, you don't play this, a bunch of rookies this is what i'm saying i mean there there <laughs> were times where there were five or six true freshmen on the offense at once I there were times when there were nine <laughs> freshmen right. or red shirt freshmen on the field together nine. most of the game Yes. Was like not most because Jaden Thomas played a lot. But like basically when Jaden Thomas wasn't on the field, a lot of times it was because you had a you had a true freshman running back that played a bunch. Yeah. You had two true freshman wide receivers that pe- played a bunch. You had a true freshman starting at left tackle, and you had a true freshman that played a bunch of tight end. And then obviously redshirt freshman, obviously George Darian Price is a redshirt freshman, Jabron Payne's a redshirt freshman, Steve Angeli's a redshirt freshman. Um, Eli Raritan is a well, he's a sophomore, but he kind should be a redshirt freshman. He played one right. game beyond the max, and then of course Billy Shrouth and Ashton Craig are redshirt freshmen. Right. So I mean, it, they were even younger than they were last year. Only talked about how young the offense was in the bowl game, which is crazy. Uh, but we saw history too, Vince. I mean, it was the biggest. Uh, oh yeah, margin of victory in Notre Dame history in a bowl game. It marked the first time in, in Notre Dame history they've scored back to back. They've had back to back goal bowl games of over forty points in a bowl game, and uh, you know, so so there was a lot. To, it's the first back to back bowl wins since thirteen fourteen. Yeah, like that, that's. I had to sit back when you told me that one uh, before the post game show, and you're like, "Make sure you mention this." And I, I was like, "Has it been that long yeah. since they had back to back bowl wins?" Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I mean, and what's wild is Notre Dame has only ever scored 40 points in a bowl game once before. Ever. Once before, before these two? Before these two. Yeah. And that was Hawaii back in, oh. in uh, 2008. Oh. Not but they've okay. never scored over 40 points in, in a game until like 
They'd only scored it once going into last year. Now they've scored it back-to-back games. That's also the game where they started the current tradition of putting their names on the back for the bowl games, too. It started in the Hawaii game. That's awesome. Okay. We know that. That's good. Yeah. So a lot to a lot of events. It was just it was dominance in all phases of the game. Yeah. You know, you're a missed field goal away from really just playing as about as perfect as you could have hoped to play for <laughs> circumstances. And uh, lot lot to left lot to lot to be excited about from this game. And no, it, well, I'll wait, I'll hold off because we're going to do kind of a, a big picture view of it. But yeah, yeah no, no, and and you know we're we're talking big picture here, and I you know. I pointed something out to Brian since obviously he was at the game. He wasn't able to watch the TV copy. I was at home. I'm watching the TV copy. And one of the things that jumped out at me, and and, it, and it's a total change. It's a change of culture from the last regime in that, you know, they, pr- I mean, yes, the score was 14 to nothing at halftime. Okay. That was the only part of the game that wasn't dominant was the actual score itself. Anybody that was actually watching the game knew that Notre Dame had that game completely under control. And, and yeah. completely in their hands. And they interview Marcus Freeman, and he's like, we've put a ton of energy and a ton of sweat and a ton of tears into this game, blood, sweat, tears. Like, we're not taking our foot off the gas. Like, we yeah. are going to continue to push, push, push. And they put 26 on the board yeah. in the second half. And so that tells me something. Like, he's not afraid to say it either, which I well, love that. Yeah. I mean, just the bi- the biggest – the big picture thing for me, Vince – was kind of along the lines of what you're referring to. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the offense, defense, and they had more talent and all that stuff, and that was very true. Sure. But Marcus Freeman and this coaching staff had this team absolutely flat-out ready to play this game. Yep. And you could see it pregame. It was, you know, like there wasn't a lot of false energy. There wasn't a lot of, you know, this and that. It, there was a lot of, like, we're locked in and ready to go play. And a lot of positive energy, but not the emotional energy. Right, because emotional energy fades the first time you hit the mouth. Sure, the pot, the fo- the focus, the the focused energy is what you want to see, right? Because I've seen this before. I mean, in my, I'm sure you have in your coaching days. I, I still remember we were playing Avert College one time, and this little middle linebacker had led the league in touch, just stood at midfield, just yapping, and then his teammates were yapping. Oh yeah, during yeah. pregame, and I'm like, do you not know who we are? Like, and I was like, oh, thank God. I said to someone in the locker room, I was like, the best gift they could have ever given us was that because it was a team that we were going to blow out or we should have blown out, but our kids had a bad week of practice that we knew they stunk and our kids just weren't locked in that week on in practice. And when these kids started yapping, it's just like, all right, that's, that's a lot of, you're convincing yourself you have a chance in this game. And it ticked right. our kids off and we came out there and absolutely destroyed them. And, and, you know, so you know, it, that's not what it is. It's about, it's the folk, it's the, the the purpose everything you're doing is purpose you know you're catching balls you're catching it you're locked in you're looking it in you're not just you know la di da catching it going through the, right. the emotions of pregame a lot of focused energy and it's hard to get a team focused in a bowl game like this yes and i mean we saw this last night in the florida you know, yesterday multiple times i mean auburn wanted no part of playing maryland in that bowl game none <laughs> florida state i mean florida i know state. florida state was shorthanded <laughs> Doesn't but like matter. that was worse than being shorthanded. Yes, they that was shorthanded no and a bunch of kids that did not want to be there. Yes, like just did not want to be there. And you know, and, and I know there was a lot of people at Notre Dame that were upset with the way the bowl thing happened, the way it went down, the fact that they got set shipped to the sun. I know a parent that like I think it was like four. He 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 bought tickets for him and his his family for like four or five different flights and hotels, knowing that you could like you know cancel them 
once the game was announced, not one of them was to El Paso, right? Like there was <laughs> sure. no expectation. No. But okay, get through it. Forget it. We got a chance to go play a football game. And and this team was locked in and ready to play. Yeah. And they were playing a team that was going to be physical. And, and Oregon State played hard in this game. Like that's the thing. When I watched the film, I was like, you know, Oregon State competed, especially their front seven. They competed. It's just that Notre Dame was bigger, badder, and better. Yeah. And 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 just there was no, you know, oh, they're missing all their players. We don't care. Oregon State's not that good. None of that. This was we've got something to prove. And huge, huge shout out to Coach Freeman for getting the team ready yeah. to play in an environment where it wasn't going to be as easy as you'd think to get this team ready to play. And you want evidence of that? Watch a lot of other bowl games, right? And where and not all of them. I mean, there's been. I mean. I thought the Ole Miss Penn State kids, both of them battled their butts off yesterday. Ole Miss was just better. I mean, those are two teams that were clearly out to win it in that game yesterday. But that's a that's the what Cotton Bowl or not Cotton Bowl, uh, Peach Bowl. That's a yeah, big bowl game. It's a New Year's Six game. I watched Ohio State's offense just look absolutely like they were just going through the motions against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl the other night. You know what I mean? And oh, so for yeah. Notre Dame to get up like they did in the Sun Bowl. Uh, was was a huge testament to the to the the coaches, but also the players, to be locked in and stay focused. And then to your point, Vince, coming out in the second half, you're completely overwhelming this football team, and there was no let up. They put yeah. the second stringers in, and the execution wasn't as good, right? Which is why they gave up touchdown, whatever. But yeah, they they played hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they competed their butts off, and that's that's what you wanted to see. And so that was the first big takeaway from watching the film. I mean, you could yeah. see a live. You know, but then when you pop in the film, it's like, okay, it was just Oregon State kind of not wanting this. And you pop in the film, you're like, no, Oregon State played hard. Yeah. And it added even more to to how well I think the team played. It really did, Vince. It wasn't a situation like, uh, you know, when they beat up on USC a few years ago and USC wanted nothing to do with Notre Dame. Like, it wasn't that, like, there was no quit no. in those kids across the way like that wasn't it at all it was just Notre Dame was better I mean and, and it was across the board and obviously we'll get into the details of that in, in just a second but um the fact that Notre Dame was was better that's happened in the past like Notre Dame's sure. been the better football team in the past but not only so they got they their the, nine wins this year 100 honestly they're just better than the teams <clears throat> they beat there's no doubt about it but what I liked about them being the better team is they continued to be the better team from start to finish. They yeah. didn't – yes, once they put Kenny Minchie in, they were just, you know, running the ball, but they were running the ball with some purpose too. Right. Like there was a yeah. little bit of a difference there. And so those those seconds that were in, and sometimes thirds in this case, they were playing hard, and it wasn't a take-your-foot-off-the-gas moment. It's just, hey, we're not going to throw the ball down the field like that kind of a thing, but we're not just going to run it between the tackles yeah. and go down after one yard and then punt the ball. Yeah. Like it, they were playing hard – and there was that expectation. I purposely, when watching the All-22, Brian, uh, was watching the sidelines, specifically the coaches, when the twos were in and towards the end of the game. Like, when Chase Ketterer scored that touchdown, like, three or four of the coaches that were in view were all, like, yeah, right. like, fired up. Like, I mean, they were coaching to the very end. It wasn't yeah. a hey, let's take the headsets off and let's just, you know, let's get the backups in and that whole thing. Like they were coaching to the end and the kids were taking the coaching to the end and playing their butts off. And so I, and and it wasn't just like that when the walk-on scored either. It was when they were still 
putting points on the board and they were in the thirties and they were doing like, there was expectation on the sideline of we're taking the ball and we're going to go down and we're going to score, you know? And so that's, to me, sideline demeanor tells me a lot about what the expectation is on the field. And I purposely was looking at that my second time through as I was watching the game, my second time watching the all 22, you know what I mean? I was kind of taking the bigger, bigger picture, look at it. And they were, they were firing on all cylinders from beginning to end. And I, I really like that, especially as a springboard, into the off season right. where a bunch of these kids that were on the field then yeah. are going to be competing for playing time moving forward. A, a, a thing that I thought was interesting, Vince is Notre Dame went nine and went nine and three this season. And basically in the nine games they won, they were just the more athletic team. Sure. They just had the better athletes, the better players. They just, they, they, they didn't always win games because it was just a great game plan or you, you, there were, and there were times where they weren't necessarily the more physical team. They just were the better team. Right. What I liked about this game is they weren't just, they were clearly more athletic than Oregon state. Like there was a incredibly big difference in athleticism in this game. I mean, they're just, just talent and size. And I mean, Notre Dame just dwarfed Oregon state, but it was also yeah. Notre Dame was the more physical team. Yeah. And that is not always something that we've seen this season. And so it was great to be able to see that. And, and, and that was the first, like the first big takeaway that I had of the game Vince was like, yes, we expected there to be more time. Cause like we, I made this point in, in my solo show the, the other day when I did the prediction show. And the point I made was, is like the, the reason I didn't think Oregon state had a shot to win this game. I mean, let's be honest. Let's not act like Notre Dame pulled off some giant upset that we didn't expect oh, right. them to have, right? We all thought it was oh going to – we all predicted yes. a double-digit win, and we all thought Notre Dame could win convincingly. I still didn't see like 40 to 8. I didn't sure. see that coming. But the the thing about it was like the, that you said – that I said in the show because there was an Oregon State fan in there who, who was really cool. Like he was really good. He was incorrect on a lot of things but was really <laughs> cool. And hey, That happens. You know. Uh, but it does. I mean, he was totally respectful. It was a great conversation. This isn't a shot at him at all, but the I point I tried to make to him was what you have to understand is Oregon state's missing guys. Notre Dame's missing guys. Notre Dame actually had more guys sitting out of the starting lineup than Oregon state did, but not by a ton. Right. You know, and, and the, but the difference is, is when Notre Dame loses Joe Walt, they're replacing him with Charles Jagasaw right. and Oregon state's not. Right. That, that's the big – I mean, both teams were missing their starting offensive tackles. Notre Dame was replacing their guys with two top former top 100 recruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. When Notre Dame doesn't have Audric Estime, they're replacing him with Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, and Jabron Payne. Right. That, that's the difference. You Correct. know, you it don't was have a, it was a battle of death. And yeah. you put in Jalen Sneed, right, who's exactly. a former five-star recruit. Right. You don't have Cam Hart. You put in Christian Gray, a former top 100 recruit and Jade Mickey, a four-star top 250 recruit. Right. That's the difference. Is In some instances, Notre Dame put a more physically talented player on the field, just younger, or in, in other cases, a bigger player. Like Think about that. Notre Dame got bigger at left tackle after losing 6'8", 320-pound Joe Walt. Crazy. Like that, and, and that's the big thing, but they didn't just rely on being better. They didn't just rely on being more athletic. They came out and fought and competed. And when you – here's the thing about Notre Dame. If they would have come out and competed like that every game this year, they're at worst 11-1. Because mm-hmm. I thought they competed against Ohio State. They just didn't execute. 
They didn't compete against Louisville the way they needed to. They didn't compete against Clemson the way they needed to. They didn't compete against Duke the way they needed to. So to see them come out in this environment when there's really nothing to play for but pride sure. and see them play like that, that's a great sign about just, again, a little glimpse into hopefully what the character of this football team is going to be. And now we've got eight months of enjoying a, a great finish. I mean, think about it, folks. Like, uh, like look, I'm going to do some math here real quick, Vince. So Notre Dame down the stretch – outscored their opponents in the final three games, final three games, 141 to 38. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to add it up with this calculator here just to make sure that I'm not my, yes, 141 to 38 is, is what they, their last three games of the year. So we talk about, you know, wanting to finish the season strong. That's an, that's an average margin. That's an average final score, uh, Vince of, 47 to 13 that that's how Notre Dame finished the 2020 what a great springboard I mean and then you add into that the excitement of the recruiting class that was just signed and the transfer portal wins that they had in the last you know three four weeks I mean there's not a whole lot of negative and and the coaching replacements that they've been able to get you know that they've had some unexpected and expected guys leaving and the replacements that Marcus Freeman went out and got the aggressive nature of which he had to get those guys and the aggressive nature of which he had to get those transfer guys in here as well. I mean, it's not a whole lot to nitpick at this point. We'll find some stuff. Don't worry. But I'm just saying the positive vibe around this program right now, both externally and internally, it's pretty stinking good. It's pretty stinking good. And it's a great way, especially if you're not going in, you know, they didn't win a New Year's Six game. They didn't win a playoff game. We can can acknowledge that. But this is the best case scenario for what was laid out in front of Notre Dame over the last month and a half. Right. Based on how their season went. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. So excited. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about the present, obviously. I mean, spring ball is going to be here before you know it, Brian. And we're going to be able to talk about what these guys are looking like on the field and and what all of that, right? It's going to be here before you know it. And, uh, but we're going to, I mean, selfishly, Vince, though, before you move on. Yeah. 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 Selfishly, it's a lot easier doing shows after the way they finish the season. Oh, yeah. And and we're going to do some season reviews coming up here next week. And we'll have plenty of that. And you and I got to get together on the schedule uh, (laughs) for what that's going to be. But that's going to be fun. And there's going to be some, frustration some frustrating aspects of the season right i mean right they weren't as good as they could have been but but to your point it's how you finish yes and how they finished is going to create a lot more excitement about the the trajectory of the program because we can say we can we can talk and chew gum at the same time right we can say this season should have been better and it should have been better and still say but good lord they just shattered the all-time school i mean they just broke the school scoring record and this record had previously been set by a team that Newt Rockney was a senior on, not not a coach, but he was a senior player on the team that set the school record. And we're looking at saying, and you and I were joking about this, they should have been a touchdown better. Think about that, right? But it gives you something to be excited about going to the next season because Notre Dame won 10 games this year. They scored over 40 points in nine of them. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot to build on. And now the key is going to be building on them. And the way that they won this game just really gives a lot of excitement heading into the. Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.